God's going to come. That's a promise. That's a promise. Amen. You get the first one happen, from the first time, He will return. And He's not slack. I say, God is not slack. All right? Verse 13. Mm. For I speak unto you Gentiles, insomuch as I am the apostles of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke you to emulation, big word, look it up, to emulation them which are my flesh, I mean Jews, Israelites, and might save some of them. He said, I'm going to provoke them that they might be saved. I'm going to pro provoke them that they might be saved. And my title is Provocation is Blessing in Disguise. I'm going to tell somebody your provocation is a blessing in disguise. Can somebody run the aisle for me? Can somebody run the aisle for me? We're about to have a revelation given to us tonight. Can somebody leap for joy for me? Can some, That's right. Some of you just too heavy to jump, but my God, tap your feet if you can't jump. Your provocation, God said, is a blessing in disguise. Lord, we thank you right now for what you're about to reveal tonight in the top church. We are at the top of the inn. We're in the in group right now, Lord. We expect miracles, signs, and wonders to happen in every service we come to. We expect the supernatural in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God bless the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Every one of us look at provocation in a negative light. We're taught that provocation means a challenge to your status of stability. We view provocation as something like persecution or prosecution. That's how we all see Amen. Provocation. But tonight, without using Webster Dictionary and using God's Dictionary, I've got a word for somebody that the linguists have never looked at before. God said, your provocation is not there to overthrow you. It's there a blessing in disguise. I want you to know tonight, Sarah ought to go apologize to Hagar. Sarah owed Hagar an apology. Sarah was willing the rest of her life not to be a mother as long as she would just let Hagar bring the son of promise. She was willing to live with it. If you don't believe it, search your Bible. She spent 13 years, amen, nursing her mistake. I said 13 years she had Ishmael and claim him to be her surrogate son. Well, I'm going to tell you, my friend, God don't have no substitute for what he has for you. God don't want you settle for a counterfeit. Somebody shot right now. God has no substitute for what He promised to you, my friend. It doesn't matter how dismal it seems. God will not repent. God will not reverse what He put in forward drive. And God says, Sarah, you are going to be a mother. I did not say a surrogate mother. And I didn't say I need your help. But you see, Sarah, for 13 years, 
was willing to put up with Hagar's son. And then God saw that. I want to tell you, God was behind the stirring up of Hagar to despise Sarah. If anybody despises you tonight, be thankful. The best thing could ever happen to you is that somebody despise you. For when your mother and your father forsook you, then the Lord shall fill the gap and take you up. So you're not despised, my friend. You're about to be blessed of the Lord. And so Sarah was willing to hang around on this kid. And God said, that's not my plan. Do you know God for 18 years would not talk to Abraham? God kept quiet. And then God stirred up Hagar to provoke Sarah. As long as Hagar does not provoke Sarah, she's not going to give birth to the promise that God made for her. I'm telling you all the time, the best person in your life are your enemies. The worst person in your life is your friends. Your friends are not going to tell you the truth. But your enemy is going to expose you and make you look bad. But in reality, it's free advertisement. They're going to show you where the loopholes are and the weakness in your life and the threats which your friend will not show you. I'm trying to tell you, keep your enemies close to you. As close as possible. Don't avoid them. Keep them right under your nose. We can smell their deodorant. You can see the color and the iris of their eyes. You can almost see the breath coming off them because they are there to provoke you with a godly jealousy. I'm going to tell you tonight, Hagar is the reason why Sarah believed God. Hagar, reminder, you are barren. Your womb is dead. You don't have the capacity to see the promise come to pass. You are a has-been, a wannabe. You are never going to become that. And every day, Hagar, just nagger. You are a wannabe, but you're not going to be. And she drove Sarah. I want to tell you, friend, the best person to drive you to your prayer room are your enemies. Hallelujah. And so Agar was always bothering her. And said, look, this is my son. Get your own. This is my child. I should be the wife. Not you. You are not fitting them. And church, how much of that can you take before you decide to go face God with them? And on that basis, Sarah had enough incentive, whether she wanted or not, to believe God. Because, you see, now, either I have to agree with Hagar or prove her to be a liar. And so when God said to her, you are going to have a child, Amar, I could tell you right now, Amen, I could see Hagar laughing. Ha, 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 ha big joke. It's past time. You know, like it's past your bedtime. It's past time. It's not going to happen. And church, it just ring in Sarah's ear. And finally she said, look, Abraham, get this woman out of my tent. Get her out of my bedroom. And by the way, get her son out of here. But whatever you do, we're going to have that kid. I can prove to you that Hagar was a catalyst because Sarah laughed when God promised her. But she didn't laugh when Hagar spoke. 
Amen. It's amazing how we can agree with the enemy and doubt the promises. Hallelujah. He said, get this thing out of my life. But it was Hagar who called Sarah to conceive because she gave her a reason. Nothing could bless Sarah more than the one day walk and show her pregnancy. And said, this is not cancer growth. Hello. Amen. This is actual, actual, amen, uh, uh, conception taking place. And amen. And Agar had to shut her mouth. She had to shut her mouth. And I'm telling you, my friend, do not despise the provokers in your life. They're going to drive you to a place where you have to believe the promise. They're going to give you a reason to receive what God said is yours. Because the enemy, Agar, is saying, it will never happen. It will never happen. And God on the other side is saying, it shall come to pass. And Hagar says, it's not going to happen. You've got to realize, my friend, your provocation is not a man, a failure in place. It's a blessing in this God. You can't preach about Isaac without mentioning Hagar. You can't talk about Sarah without mentioning Hagar. You can't talk about the child of promise without Hagar. Hagar, make it happen. I'm trying to tell you, church, I was on a job one time. Amen. Worked at the college. And then the job came up. And one of the guys said, you can't get that job. You're not qualified. And he told all the rest of the professors that. And they were laughing. Church, it did something to me. Immediately, hair grew on my chest. My hair turned blonde. My eyes turned blue. My friend, I grew six feet taller. It stirred me up. It brought up something in me I didn't know was in me. I began to speak a word of wisdom and say, you're going to see it with your own eyes. You're going to hear it with your own ear because he sent me back to the prayer room. I said, God, did you hear what they said about me? You've got to show up and deliver just like I said it, I want to tell you, church, it happened. And I'm not lying for God. It happened like I told him. You know what he said? I should have known better. All right, if you know this, when I came to church, my biggest driving force lived for God was not my faith in God. But there were some people that gave me three months to survive. Some said I wouldn't last a year. When they said that, I mean grass began to grow on steel. Lord of mercy. Like something rose up in me and said, I'm going to prove you wrong. I want to tell you, friend, and they provoke and says, how long will he last? I want to tell you, friend, we started to finish and church I am still here I am still here that's way back in 1972 the fire does not have to go out the flame does not have to flick out but let your adversary stir you up let the, 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 the smooth sayers, uh, amen, be the one to cheer you up. Uh, it's time for somebody to stir you up. And so Sarah brought forth Isaac. And you never read one more time about Hagar. When your Isaac is born, your Hagar will disappear. Sarah does not need two sons. All you need tonight is one visitation. It will outlast days.
The Bible said the man of God had one plate of food and lived on it for 40 days and 40 nights. You are about to get a revelation from God that will outlast the days of provocation. I want to tell you, church, the woman called, I mean Anna, she should be thankful for Peniah. I've had people told me, you will never sit in that seat. Now, I wouldn't have prayed the way I prayed if they had not told me that. But they became the catalyst, the stimuli. And I realized God put it in their heart to talk to me like that. To provoke me to a godly jealousy. That I could come back to God and say, Lord, have you heard what the gainsayers have said? I want to tell you, church, it's time we thank God for the provokers. Hagar wished she had not challenged Sarah. It's about time you let your adversary wish they had not come in your background. It's about time you make them wish then talk to you. Because all they did was promoted you. Because behind every adversity, amen, is God, amen, blessings, and bringing you out in a large place. You see, you don't realize this. Anna lived with a man that over nine or ten sons. They were not hers. And she was willing to take care of those kids. Until God stirred up Peniah. And Peniah began to say the obvious. You are barren. You should not be the wife. I should be the one. Hello. Not just one time, but oftentimes. Till it became, now in the Caribbean, they got some tin roof sometimes, some metal roof, or the rainfall, you can hear it drop. It can almost drive you crazy. Go psycho. Well, night today, she is badgering her. She's badgering her to the place where her dinner was not tasteful anymore. Her house was a haunted house. Her husband was not satisfying to her. But thank God for Peniah. It was the provocation of Peniah that bring an idea to Hannah's mind. Let's go to the house of the Lord. She would not have done it. She would not be in the record book. She would not have a Samuel. She would not know that her son would bring restoration and revival. It was because the provoker provoked her and provoked her and provoked her until she had an idea. It's time to call a prayer meeting of faith. You last one place? Peniah couldn't come was to the prayer meeting. Amen. I want to tell you tonight, your provocation could be a blessing in disguise. Behind every provocation, I said divine turn for the better. Because it brings out something in us that you didn't know was there. She went to the altar and she began to pour out her soul to God. But it would never have happened. If Peniah was not on her case. These guys don't understand what I'm talking about. Your best prayer is not when your fig tree blossom. Your best prayer is not when every fruit is on the vine. Your best prayer is not when the stall is full of cows. It's when there's none. Ah, come on now. And you are provoked with barrenness. And you can't accept defeat for an answer. It drives you to a place. And prayer. You you know, when I got the Holy Ghost, when I first came to church, I prayed a prayer. 
I was never taught how to pray. I was never sure how to pray. But something happened in that service. I prayed a prayer. It had to be God. I mean, after that prayer meeting, I could not repeat it. It was a God-inspired prayer meeting. I want to tell you, friend, Anna had a lip moving. My friend, she didn't say a word. Just her lip moving. And God could lip read. God can read your lips. I say, Anna said, God, watch my lips. Hallelujah. She said, God, watch my hips and my fingertips, but watch my lips. I tell her, and God decipher what you're saying and what you're saying. Oh, I'm being provoked. I'm being provoked. Yes. Tell me more. And the priest says, go home. Your provocation is the reason why you're about to have an invocation from God. What if Peniah had not invaded Anna? She would never be in the book of Annals of Glory. There would never be a book of Samuel. There would never be, amen, a book of faith and her song. We talk about the Magnificat of Mary. Think about what she wrote, the song she wrote. But it was Peniah. I want you to know your adversary one day will shout their mouth when the blessing comes. I said, you got to thank God for the adversary because you got purpose in your prayer. In every case, they went back to God. And God began to respond and said, Look, I stirred them up to bring the best out of you. I want to tell you, church, you have in you a winner that you've never met before. Hmm. Come on, somebody. There's a window of heaven you've never looked through before. And God said, There's blessing involved in it. I believe that in my life. And so the Bible says, She went home. Dad's husband said, well, well, what's up? He said, look, I had a word from God. But you know why I got it? Thank God for Peniah. And the Bible says she took that promised son. He said, and God remembered, listen now, Anna. Church, I don't believe that's the first time Anna ever prayed. But this time Anna linked it with a provocation. I'm being provoked. I'm being provoked. And I want this thing stopped. And the only way we're going to stop provocation is when God divinely sends the fire. When the fire comes, the provocation stops. I said, when the fire comes, all controversies stop. And God gave her that child and said, God, I'm not going to come and see you until I wean this kid. I'm going to lend it to you. Thank God for my adversary. Praise God, it did not destroy my hope. But she said, I've got this because of that woman in my life. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, God said, I tell you tonight, a lot of things we call persecution actually is, should we call provocation. Job! A man that was rich! Wealthy, full of stuff, everything flowing this way, and based on that alone, you will never know Job. We will never read about him, Job, until a provocation came in his life. Job is not in the Scripture because he's rich. Or because he's wise. Or because he's got cows and trees and whatever he's got. Amen. Job is in the scripture because of his coming to face provocation. Being accused without a cause. Character assassination by the devils. Friends, and he unders about him. And they're mocking him and his wife give him some bad Rating, and Job was provoked 
by the devil. The Bible says the devil came and accused Job of motive for serving God. Bad-mouthing Job. And Job didn't even know it was going on. Then his wife joined in. Then he lost his kids, lost his family, lost everything. And it looked like it's provocation. Here's a man suffering without a cause. I want to tell you, you're not going through because you're the worst of sinners in the church. You're not experiencing that because you're a bad person or because you failed God. No! There's a blessing behind the provocation. Hallelujah! Come on, God. There is a blessing behind the provocation. Job had no idea that he would be a hero of faith. Job had no idea he would be in the scripture for eternal life. Job had no idea that God would give him a hundredfold return. All he knew was he'd been provoked. I want to tell you, my friend, your provocation is not persecution. It's a blessing in disguise, Joe. Hallelujah. And you notice one thing about all of these? God is always silent. God is always silent. You wonder where God is. How far is God anyway? How close is he to what's going on? But all you know is one person talking. One guy said, there are two kind of people talking to God. One that talked too much and promised God things they never kept. Hello? And one too afraid to say anything to God and never open their mind to give God thanks for anything. But the wise one is the one in the middle that want to hear what the Lord has to say. So they give God a word edgewise in. And so Job, friend, really stirred him. Because they started to provoke his righteous indignation oh Job must have sinned Job must have failed God oh, come on I, you can't be in the right church if your God was able you've been delivered a long time you know their estimation of your God is a lot different from yours if you were in the right church surely God would have brought you out and if God was on your side surely you'd have all the caps to pay down hey, come on now and, and, and they thought and they thought and they thought but all the time Job had been provoked Job has been provoked. And God did something for Job that you would never have known if his adversary had not come at him. That was his integrity was brought to the fore. Hallelujah. My point is this. The provocation of Satan. The provocation of his wife. The loss of all his earthly belongings. The friend's criticism. Did not bring the worst out of Job. It just set him up for a pedestal experience. He had no idea that God was going to make him, and in the New Testament church, a model of how to handle provocation. Some people in provocation sin against God, lose their mind, lose their faith, lose all the belongs to them, but not Job. Job! Hallelujah. When it was all done, Job looked at his friends and said, Look, you guys meant evil, but God turned to good. That's what happened when your friends that provoke you, amen, they stir you up and put you in a realm you have never been before. I was thinking about Joseph. God, folks, this may sound morbid, but it's not morbid at all. If Joseph was content just to look pretty, in this fancy coat at home, you would never know about him. He would never be a source of inspiration to the believers today. Hallelujah. Those pretty coat he wore and being his dad's favorite son would have been lost in time. But God stir up, hallelujah, in his brothers. A jealousy for the dreams. It wasn't the coat that bothered them. It was the dreams that he had. And in naivety, he's trying to tell his brethren what he dreamt. 
how he saw the stars and the moon bowing before him. Joseph, you're setting yourself up. Amen for provocation here. And then poor naive Joseph again said, I got another dream. Now what is it? I saw the seas bowing down to mine. Church, from that day on, the brethren had him up. They had him up. And they planned to kill his dream. Don't let provocation destroy your dream. Don't let it destroy your vision. Don't make it stop your mission. That provocation is a blessing in disguise. I don't care how bad Nabal cuss and swear. Abigail held to her vision. And she held to her lifestyle. And God delivered her from that careless man. And gave her a David. A dancer. A worshiper. I'm trying to tell somebody. Don't be. My God my God. Don't be messed up. Because you're being provoked. And the Bible said, I said, we're going to kill him. Joseph, 20 years later, had to apologize to his brothers. Not one time did they apologize to him. He apologized to them. Because they provoked him by robbing him of growing up under his father's nose. Robbed him of his mother. Robbed him of everything he had and put him in situations that looked like more provocation after provocation to sin against God. But he would not do it. They sold him. That was a provocation. They put a price on his head. That's a provocation. They stripped him and chained him. That was a provocation. Amen. And he was sold again into another situation that's provocation don't you think at one time he wonder where is my God don't you think he's wondering where is my dad where are my brothers who sold me but Joseph did not let the provocation interfere with his divine dedication with God I'm trying to tell you church God used trial to make you triumph God use your test to give you a testimony. God give your failures to turn into amen divine favor. If you can deal with your provocation and realize your provocation can become one day your convocation with divine God inspiring you that you can be a winner. Woo, hallelujah. Now here he is in prison. I believe God allowed Potiphar's wife to do what she did. Because he's too content to be a servant in the house. After all, he's the chief and the head guy over everybody else. Why would he want to bother about the plan and the dream? God don't want you to forget that dream. God will not stop until you finish what he promised you. I don't care what journey God takes you through. He knows the map. And a person with a plan has a map. Because your plan is your map. It's your GPS. Church, hear me tonight. Provocation is a divine investment from God to tell you there's a blessing behind the curtain. Hallelujah. And so the Bible said, when they sold him, the woman lied on him. And when she lied on him, he lost the case. Divine plan. Divine plan is provocation. Here's a guy that stood for God under a terrible test. Amen. And would not commit adultery or fornication. Said, I won't do it. It offends God. And yet God couldn't keep him out of jail. Surely he should get mad at God. Like Job's wife said. But he realized in the provocation, God can invoke something different. He never lost the connection on what's going on. You see, some of us here, we got, 
We love to give people a piece of our mind. No one in your mind unless you got no mind left. You gave so many pieces away, there's nothing left. But trash. Well, honey, God says, in your patience, possess your soul. Paul says, provocation can save your family. You know, God's watching you right now. You respond to this. He's just watching you right now. Hallelujah. The blind Bartimaeus, you know what he did? Before he met Jesus, you know what he did? He backed off the coat. You know what that meant? I ain't going to need this anymore. You need to back off your coat right now. Get that chip off your shoulder. Hang your hang-ups and walk away from it. And say, I ain't going back to it no more because this is my day. This is my day. Every provocation ends with the divine communication of God. Amen. Have a blessing upon the person's life. And Joseph is now among two dreamers. Oh, when dreamers come together, they're both in, all in prisons. It's not the word I can put dreamers in prison. But it's a provocation. It's a provocation. And then they forgot him. One got killed and one got promoted. They forgot him. It's a provocation too. How could God ever forget me? God, you bless everybody else but me. Everybody got their house, their dream, and desire. Here I am, I'm left on the outside. Where am I? That's a provocation too. Because the devil come talking, if God did care, did God say? Why hasn't he done it? God forgot you. You are left out of the picture. It looks like he's forgotten by humanity. And everybody aiming those bad boys having a good time while it's in the bad time for doing the right thing. Provocation. Hallelujah. Nothing more terrible. David described it. My feet now slip. When I chose to do what's right. And I washed my hands in innocency. And those who said, how does God know what's going on? And they're rambunctious and rude to God. They're prospering like a green bay tree. There's no ban in their weeping. There's no funeral. There's no crying. And here I am trying to do what's right. And the best I get from God is a pit experience. I feel like somebody living in the institution. Hello? Provocation has a blessing in disguise. Now, Joseph don't know this. Well, you know he's being provoked by an injustice of a sister. But God said, now, Joseph, this is the day. You don't know it. One day you to wake up, and you'll never have to have that problem anymore. You just don't know when. But you always walk in readiness for whatever God is about to reveal to me and to you. I want to tell you, church, every provocation I've ever seen in my life always end with a blessing. When I first got saved, and my wife, my brand new wife, we went through some experiences. And God says, shut your mouth. And tell your wife, don't respond. And I will take you far and bless you. I had to deal with provocation on God's turn. Today I'm flying high. I'm looking back. And I say like Joseph, you meant evil, but God... But God, every person one day going to have a but God experience in their life. Amen. But God, but God, but God, but God. And I like what Joseph did. He felt that premonition. He said, I'm going to save. Because where I'm going, I ain't coming back. Honey, when this is over, you will never repeat that experience. 
No winner, no overcomer have to repeat the same trial twice. You're just not going to go back to that place once you overcome, you crossed over. Hallelujah. You might be close to the gate right now to hear it click behind your heel. You might be able to touch the handle right now. You have no idea how close you are, but that provocation is a blessing in disguise. I'm trying to tell you, Joseph, when he went out there, the king said, Is there anybody like Joseph? God knows when to put the spotlight on you. He knows when to make you the talk of the palace. He knows when to give you a royal seat and a royal ring and a royal garment. He knows when to lift you up. Oh, come on, somebody. It was in every case. Anna did not take revenge. Amen. Or Sarah didn't kill Hagar. Come on now. They all had a chance to stomp the enemy. But they didn't. Hallelujah. The king said, Joseph, you're going to sit in a seat right beside me. And you're going to become so great, so great, that everybody in Egypt, when they said, Joseph, every knee shall bow. And guess who showed up one day? Eleven provokers. Those who provoked and lie about him and lie on him and said, Watch this dreamer, dream will come through. And here he sits right there in the throne. My beloved saints of God, when God decided to put that gown on you and that crown on your head and write your name on the roll, and lift you up from the uttermost to the uttermost. Amen. And they showed up. The enemy forgot what you look like. But you can't forget what they'll smell like. They smell like a poke at a mile off. And Joseph looked at those boys. He said, these are the guys that told me I would never sit on this seat. Those are the guys that said, I'll never wear that crown. And I'll never bow. Hallelujah. And looked like they almost won. But now look at me now. Church, there's some people telling us the rapture won't take place. I'm going to make sure that day when it's happened, I have the worst bad breaths in my life. I'm going to spit down in there. Out, and give them my rummage clothing to go sell it next to new. Amen. Hallelujah. You're laughing. You're laughing. And the so-called Jesus only. Wait till they see who comes. But here shows the testimony. You meant evil. But God had medieval blessing for me. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. I'm talking to somebody that feels like you've been provoked. And you don't know what to do. You don't need to do anything but just continue, continue on. Just keep on keeping on. Joseph never stopped dreaming. Anna never stopped praying. Sarah never stopped believing. And every direction God showed up. And then Joseph said, I know who you guys are. I know where you came from. You don't know me, but I know you. By this time, church, he's now multilingual. He can speak several languages. I'm telling you, friend, the next time my friends see me, I'll be riding high. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Can somebody hear me? The next time you visit your mom and dad, you'll be riding high. The car you drive, who? Where did you rent that car? No, 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 no. I bought that car. Uh, along the way to the house, then I bought that house. Hey, who's who's me country? That's mine. It's insured for ten thousand dollars. You may touch it, but don't put it on, please. Ooh, come to my house and see my china. Uh, come on, huh? you see, you don't believe it, but I believe it. 
You can't receive it. I can't receive it. I'm trying to tell somebody, when the provocation is over, then God be a divine convocation of blessing on your life. And your adversary has to come and bow at your feet and confess that of a truth, God is in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, folks, God is very strange. He does strange things. Before I close tonight, hear me tonight. Mary is a young, nice, godly, living girl. Have Joseph as her husband-to-be. They are espoused but not yet consummated in their marriage. Jewish systems, a three-part series, how they got married. And in heaven, God's talking about her, and she has no idea God's camera is on her. I wonder whose camera is on me tonight. I don't care how far back in the desert you are. God knew where David was. Now Samuel didn't know David. I'm digressing here. But God knew David. And God meant to go through a strata of eight different rubbish to get to what he wanted to publish. You're talking about your family, how you're the only one in your family. Your family think you're a cuckoo. They think you have lost your mind. They think you are a fool. Hallelujah. To believe what you believe. But they don't know. Hallelujah. Bad-mouthing you does not prevent you from showing up on that great day. I say, hallelujah. But back to Mary. Mary does not know a man. And God told her, you're going to have a man child. Fetch. Never happened before. You're about to receive in your family a divine visitation that never happened before in your family. You're about to be blessed beyond measure that your family have never had before. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have surplus to give to your family. They're going to be begging you for bread. They're going to come to your fridge and beg you for a piece of meat. You're going to have so much milk in your fridge to give to them and have a whole lot left. Can you believe that? And when they finish it all, you can say, look what the Lord has done. Woo! Woo! I told my wife, many times, many people can't believe that the top church is where it's at right now. They never dreamed that we could come this far. They thought it was going to flop like everything else. Well, honey, we are not in the statistics. We're not going to be on the, the gossip column. We are in the record, the book of life. Oh, come on, somebody. We're going to be mentioned uh, that this man uh, and that woman uh, was born in that city. And God is their king. Uh, and God gave them uh, the sonship and heirship of all things. Well, I don't know a man, Lord. How can this thing be? He said, now go see Elizabeth. Lord have mercy. Huh. Can you imagine what God put Elizabeth through? Maybe you don't realize Elizabeth was just like She's a whole shriveled up, chopped up tomato. That means if she was like these movie star. All those notches on her hair would just stretch her skin like elastic. What you see on her face is not what under her elbow. And her elbow is like many ruts. You couldn't drive a turret over through there. You, you fall yourself in a rut, you can't get out of it. It would be like the McDonald's place where you go to check out. You know, there's a rut like this. You see stretch her skin? Sometimes I thought about it. 
pull a flesh bag. Hello? Her husband did not believe she could conceive. He wrote her off! Even though the angel said she could. He believed his wife could not! And he gave up expecting and believing it was time for it for them to happen. But where your faith stop, obedience will kick in. God didn't ask you to understand. God will answer why. He just says, believe, and you'll conceive. And so God will put a paddock on his mouth, and God said, you're going to have a son. Amen. This coming here. And God says, I know you don't believe it, because you've listened too long to the, amen, the cursing people out there. Okay, did you know that's, that woman, Elizabeth, and her husband was living on the curse? They're priests and have no kids. That's an abomination. It's the worst thing to be a priest and a woman of the priesthood and not have a child. It was dreaded. It felt like they were forgotten by God. I don't know how long you've been asking what you've been asking for. But it doesn't matter how long you've been asking for it. Hello? God, when He's ready, you got to move. You got to move. When God get ready, you got to move. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the dragon talk about. I don't care what the serpent told you. When God get ready, you're going to climb that ladder and the ladder will fall. You're going to reach the mountaintop. You can get there because God set up. And so God said, go home. Go home. And God put a paddock on his mouth. And boy, one night, when the, that was cold, Zechariah got fresh. <laughs> I mean, he got fresh. And uh, let your pure minds work where it goes. Something happened. Lord Jesus. Sarah Lapa said, This ain't no joking matter. It's just serious stuff. And pretty soon, uh, me and the cover seat start flopping like a tent in the wind. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. And somebody thought one of them got fever or something. And they're going to get a tremble. Not so, honey. It was the promised visitation from God. Lord, what a sense of humor God has. I mean, God showed up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Things dead to use a life to God. Hallelujah. And they say, I could see her making breakfast. And she said, what got over you last night? He said, something got a hold. <laughs> Me. Oh, yes, it did. Now something. He says, can you repeat that? I know not. <laughs> Depends on how the spirit is moving. But right now, lost that something got a hold of me. And now, church, she's pregnant. I said, she's pregnant. And Zechariah knew what happened to him now. Whether the paddock on his mouth. Sometimes God shuts you down so you don't talk yourself out of a miracle. I won't tell you, church, I've been to Calvary. And I'm back. And I refuse to limit God. I refuse to question God. I'm going to claim God. 
So my God can do anything but fail. My God, He knows how to raise me up, lift me up from the guttermost to the uppermost. I'm trying to tell somebody, go tell the skeptics, go tell the soothsayers, go tell the unbelievers, God said it, I receive it. Mary, who is not married, is having a son, and she know not a man. Elizabeth, all those 1,800 years life, she knows this man and can't have a son. You folks miss it. I said, you folks miss it. I said, you folks miss it. Elizabeth knows this man so often and can't have a what? A son. Mary don't know a man and she has a son. All you that want babies right now you're married go tell your husband get with the job. It's time for productivity or you're fired. It's time to fire the man. <laughs> Brother Neil, how about you? Well, I got bigger. I got bigger calling. I got a higher calling, Brother Beaton. But hallelujah, God, let's stand. God, so Israel, I'm going to take the Gentiles and bless them, and bless them, and bless them. And they're even going to badmouth you. Hello? Church, you'd be surprised right now how many one of these churches are badmouthing Israel. They're not supposed to do it, but they're doing it. But, it, but it's also doing something to Israel. It's stirring up Israel. Because we're claiming Jehovah is our God. We're claiming blessings from God. And they're not having it. And on that basis, Israel going to turn back to God. He said, Pastor Neil, can you prove it? Yes! When a man called David tried to bring the ark back and messed up, and God killed one for trying to help God out, don't try to help God out. You can't stabilize the church for God. You can't fix the problem for God. Get your hand off it or get electrocuted. Is it Kim? I believe I was born for greatness. You were born for greatness too. This church is going to be the head of our entire province. I declare it. You must believe it. You must act it. Put on the king's garment. Come on, somebody. Don't argue with the preacher. You missed Brother Martin preaching this morning. You should hear it this morning. Brother Martin has fantastic statistics. The heart. Even one one day, uh, uh, a relative of mine who's got her PhD like I do, and and she got a lot more than I have, and tried to argue with me about which, what's more important, the mind or the heart. I said, "Girl, the heart is." Oh no, the brain is. I said, "No, no, 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 you're wrong, friend." Hallelujah. And this morning we heard about the heart. Hello! And David got jealous when he heard about the blessing. I want to tell you right now, in the next four years, God going to bless people in this church so much that your family going to think you're either selling drugs or you win the lottery. Because of the shoes you're going to wear, the car you're going to drive, the trips you're going to make, the house you're going to live in, ah, and the stake you chew on. But you're going to say, unlike Ezekiah, look what the Lord has done. Look what God did for me. He brought me out of Egypt. He brought me out of the dead land to a promised land. And you can talk, but God told me how to walk. 
When David heard how Obed Obed was blessed, he said, Give me that ark. Let me tell you why I'm in the church. When I was in my twenties in sin, I saw Pentecostals talking in tongues. I realized they got something I didn't have. Now I must confess I did badmouth them. I did criticize the way they dress. I did talk about the way they do things and, and da 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 da. But deep in my heart was a longing for what they have. And I wanna know, can I talk in tongues too? Hallelujah. I said, what is it like? They said, well, I can't explain. I said, this is crazy. How can you have an experience you can't explain? And when I got mine, they said, now you explain it. <laughs> Response is the same. If you believe right now that your adversary can become your emissary, I want you to lift up those hands right now. I told this morning... Wait for the promise. Don't lose hope. God don't need small change. God don't forget the promises. God will do what He said He'll do. God's word is here. Your provocation is only a blessing in disguise. Would you bow your heads right now? Did you know that God stirred Goliath? First he built him up so big because he planned to exalt David. The bigger your trials, the bigger your blessings. God says, I'm going to outweigh your suffering with divine return on your suffering. Are you provoked right now? Goliath for 40 days provoked Israel. Give us a man. Give us a man. Nag them, provoke them. But all the time, God had an anointed young boy called David. In this church, in 18 months, I'm going to baptize doctors and lawyers. Put me on the calendar right now. I, Trevor Nee, going to baptize doctors and lawyers in this church. Their eyes going to open up, and they're going to submit like the rest of us. That it's all in Him. It's all in Him. Come on, church. Let nobody badmouth you. The top church was made for the top. Come on, church. We are going to the top. We're going up. We're going up the king's highway, and we're not coming down. Come on, going up the king's highway. Going up the king. Going up to the high places. To the high. Yeah. See it again. Going up to the high places. Going up to the high places. Going up to the high places to tear the devil down. Going up to the high places. Going up to the high places to tear the devil down. Listen it up. Going up to the high. Don't you hear? Going up to the high places, going up to the high place to tear the devil the kingdom down. Going up to the high places, going up to the high places, going up to the high places to tear the devil kingdom down. One more time. Going up to the Going up to the high places, going up to the high places to tear them down. Going 
Going up to the Going up to the high places to the high Going up to the Going up to the high, going up to the high, going up to tear down the kingdom down. Going up to the high, going up to the high, oh. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna finish on this right now. Hold on. When I tell somebody, when I baptize you in Jesus Christ's name, your sins will be washed away. Do I have to prove that? Do I? When I tell somebody, when you repent, God's going to forgive you your sins. Do I have to prove that? No. Hello. So why do I have to prove to you that God's going to do the things that I told you going to do? Has He forgiven your sins? Has he given you the Holy Ghost? Has he? Has he healed your body? Then the rest are certified. Let's worship God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Donald, will you pray right now? Will you pray right, Brother Donald? Yes. Oh, God.